What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of Dictations. In this conversation, Dr. Rogers talks with his son and newest PA, Andy Rogers, in our Johnson City office. In this conversation, you're going to hear all about what's happening in diabetes in 2019. As you may know, Andy was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was 15 years old. And he has a very unique perspective on not only type 1, but also type 2. He's a a specialist in diabetes, and he's been doing research. You may have seen that he wrote a play called Andy and the Beats about about his journey through type 1 diabetes being diagnosed and kind of growing up as a diabetic. Um, I think there's something here for everyone. He talks about the new medications that are coming out for type 2, kind of where he sees treatment for diabetes going, uh, type 2 in particular. Uh, They go into low carb. They go into insulin resistance. It's a really, really good episode, and I I hope you guys get so much out of it. Uh, Not only if you're, you know, if you've struggle with diabetes or uh, know someone who has, this is really about lifestyle and it's about, you know, ways of doing things, counting carbs, um, what to eat versus what not to eat. So I think, I, I think there's something here for everybody. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to let you get to the conversation. Again, this is Dr. Rogers talking with his son and newest PA, Andy Rogers on diabetes. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Rogers at Performance Medicine, Johnson City. I'm doing a podcast tonight. Um, I have my new partner here, Andy Rogers, also my son. Thank you for having me, Father. (laughs) But um, (laughs) one reason I wanted Andy to come up and join my practice is because of diabetes, because I treat a lot of diabetics in my patients. I treat a lot of obesity. I look into hormones in depth. We treat a lot of thyroid disease. Um, anything metabolic, nutritional is really my specialty. You know, there are too many years of using medicines for high cholesterol, diabetes, hypertension, and not really getting to the root of the problem, which is basically what you eat more than anything. Um, but I want Andy here to talk a little bit about diabetes and how much we're seeing of diabetics. I mean, our last we're patient seeing, was yes. a a type 2 diabetic who weighed 280 pounds and you know he's also has metabolic syndrome meaning he's also on two blood pressure medicines on Lipitor for his cholesterol and in my new patient in my opinion you know if we can get this guy to lose 80 pounds then he won't have to take any of these medications and he'll feel a lot better live longer and uh, won't have to be on medications that may cause a lot of side effects and cost him a lot of money. So, Andy, since you, of course, Andy's been a type 1 diabetic since he was 13 years old. My daughter Kelly's been a type 1 diabetic since she was 9 years old. So, you have a lot of experience with diabetes, probably more so than me, who's treated diabetics for 35 years, uh, but I haven't lived the life of a diabetic. Now, since you've moved back to East Tennessee, Andy's lived in New York City, Los Angeles, recently in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Tell me, we're seeing a lot of diabetics up here, aren't we? We're seeing, 
a ton of diabetes and a lot more type 2 diabetes than type 1 diabetes, although a lot of the research that I did in PA school dealt with type 1 diabetes etiology and the incidence and prevalence of diabetes, a type 1 diabetes in particular, has skyrocketed in the past few decades. So it's just interesting the autoimmune process of type 1 diabetes, something I'm very passionate about, but also just how prevalent type 2 diabetes is and just the... Um, Generally, the feeling I get is that people are confused, or not really confused, they don't fully understand, A, why type 2 diabetes happens. Most of the time, they, they just say, honestly, they just say, well, I'm fat, and I have type 2 diabetes, and I don't eat, right? And that's what happens, and I'm now on metformin and a slew of other medications. Most of the time, they don't know how those medications work, and that's really what I try to work on with them. As we go through the medication list, specifically with type 2 diabetes, because there are so many different classes of medications, we saw with the patient we we're discussing, we saw two of the classes of medications, a big one-eyed, which is metformin, and asophonyurea, which is an insulin secretagogue, and really just having those, having those names on there allows the patients to know, oh, this is how it's working, not just I'm taking a pill and it's supposed to be helping and I think my A1C is around seven or eight or nine and I don't really know what it's doing for me when really there's more classes of medications newer classes of medications that are really novel in their approach to not only decreasing um, decreasing your fasting and your postprandial blood sugars, improving your A1C, but also helping out your gut. My favorite of which is the GLP-1 receptor agonist class. So it, there's a once daily, but there's also a once weekly non-insulin injectable that I feel like works really well with patients with type 2 diabetes who are especially trying to lose weight. So if you have type 2 diabetes out, out there and you're listening to this podcast, take a look at your medications. Do you know how they work? If not, find out or come and see us and we'll tell you how they work and we'll make sure that they're working to the best of their ability. Did I answer your question? Well, I didn't really have <laughs> so, a question, but I just wanted you to talk about it. But, that was a lot. I like to know, talk about diabetes. Um, the first thing I, I talk about with people, of course, is their gut, how it's working. But especially with, with type 2 diabetics, which are usually overweight, you know, what are you eating? Are you counting your carbs? And to me... You know, it's all about the carbs, and a lot of these people don't know what a carb is, for one thing. You know, they've been taught to eat nope. low-fat, and right. what they really need is, is low-carb. Right, but and really, that's the only thing that I have counted. So, as I was actually diagnosed at 15, um, and it was after, actually, the Crazy Eights. Do you remember that? Yeah, right. Good times, good yeah. times. Um, so, I got, so the only thing that I've counted, truly, people think it's, and even that's, that's stuff that I work on with kids, is that most, time, most of the time people say, well, you can't have any sugar. Sugar exists in a variety of forms. What really we count as type 1 insulin-dependent diabetics is, uh, is carbohydrates. And that complex, uh, complex carbohydrates, are, they, they turn into sugar, and that's what insulin attacks and allows. Uh, insulin's a signaling hormone that tells the cell to take in glucose and appropriate it. The thing that happens, and I think this is important to realize with type 2 diabetes, A, again, that's 95% of the diabetes pot in America is type 2 diabetes. It's insulin resistance. 
you have more insulin out there in your body that your uh, that your body doesn't know how to use appropriately. Your cells aren't responding to it because your in- pancreas is pumping out so much insulin. Type one diabetes, we don't no longer produce the cells that make insulin, so we're insulin deficient. There's a very important distinction to make between the two. And the reason with type two diabetes with insulin resistance is important. A lot of that is familial. A lot of that's a genetic trait that's been passed on. And I did a really great rotation in pediatric endocrinology down in Atlanta. And the way that it's explained, especially with childhood obesity and seeing these younger kids with prediabetes and even full-blown type two diabetes, is that they have this trait that was, that's an insulin resistant trait. It's really, it's, it's, it's uh, it's almost a survival trait. I don't know if it's been explained to you that way, but if these patients that have clinical type 2 diabetes now live during the potato famine, they would have survived because they can survive on very little food coming in. But ne- And those without that trait would have died off immediately. Because they won't eat potatoes, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Potatoes are bad. I'm just kidding. Okay, so, but what I'm saying is now that we're in this time of plenty we're in a surplus of food and we have grocery stores we're never going we're not going through a famine especially in the united states people with that insulin resistant trait are naturally just going to gain and hold on to weight because your body doesn't know that you're in 2019 and not the 1600s so i feel like this important too with the emotional concept of diabetes type 2 diabetes there can be a lot of guilt and a lot of shame associated with it this is something that i did i'm bad i ate something bad i'm or if people say, I'm fat. I, I don't like that kind of talk. And we and with my patients, I, I try to spend a lot of time on that portion of it. This may be something that isn't your fault, but there are ways that we can help you get to where you need to be. We just have to adapt to the times that we're in now. Everybody is different. I tell all my yeah. patients when they first see me, life is not fair. You know, your beanpole buddy may be eating twice as bad as you exactly. are, but yet... You're overweight. They're not. So exactly. it's, some of it's genetic, but the good news is you can overcome your genetics 100%. by your environment. So you may have to eat a little differently than they do. Um, so we're all kind of given a set of genes. We're all really walking around like a loaded gun. The environment's what pulls the trigger. So in the, in the case of these type 2 diabetics, they can't tolerate carbohydrates as well. Their insulin levels get too high. And remember, insulin's a fat-storing hormone. It takes the sugar out of the blood, puts it into the cells for energy, but it reaches a saturation point where you don't need any more carbohydrates. You're eating them, so your insulin is rising and rising, putting it in the cell, and it actually insulin locks the fat in your cell. That's one reason I like intermittent fasting because insulin levels will come down. That fat is finally released from the cell. You'll lose weight. So for anybody trying to lose weight, whether it's, a type two, 2 diabetic or just a person that's overweight or a type 1 or a type well. 1 for right. sure um, is to eat less carbs more good fats moderate protein and probably do some intermittent fasting where you're not eating anything eat try to eat all your food within an eight hour window so for 16 hours including when you're asleep you're not eating i find that to be very helpful for weight loss maybe the timing of the eating maybe as important as what you're eating but i know most people eat low carb you don't necessarily have to go into a ketogenic diet i put a lot of people on that diet and they do very well but um prefer more of an episodic or cyclical keto so it's more reasonable but it's interesting even as short a period of time as you've been with me in this practice how many people 
that we see that are diabetic or, or pre-diabetic and have no idea they're even diabetic. Don't know what a carb is, have never pricked their finger to check a sugar, um, but we're here to help them. We, you know, we and have a passion for diabetes. Nutrition is so important. It is so important. It all starts with what you put in your mouth. It right. really does. It right. really does. And how your gut bacteria digest yes. and break down those foods. So we talk a lot about gut health and probiotics and avoiding inflammatory foods. And mm-hmm. you'll find that if you get leaner, you, you eat like a diabetic, which most people should anyway, you'll get less, not only diabetes, but less cancer, less heart disease, less arthritic joints, less dementia. I mean, everything starts with what you put in your mouth. So that's where we start in our practice. So I'm certainly glad to have Andy here working with me. He's a specialist in diabetics. Um, he treats type 1s as well. So if you have if any type 1 diabetics out there who are not getting controlled, Andy loves to spend a lot of time with I'm, you. I'm, I'm genuinely obsessed, like genuinely obsessed. I love it. I research it all the time. I... Uh, belong to this network called We Are One Diabetes. It's type 1s in the field of type 1, and I'm updated all the time on uh, novel medications for type 1s or even just what research is going on to help uh, find a cure for type 1 diabetes. So it's something that I like to share with my patients uh, and definitely spend a lot of time with them. But one of the re- one of the real things, I like to spend time... I what we're passionate about here is knowing why things happen, not just this is happening, this is a symptom, let's treat it. We like to treat root cause and then tell you why things are happening or why we're doing those things. We won't say, oh, go low carb. Okay, try low carb, good luck. Nobody's going to do that. Or here's a list of foods you can eat. Uh, Good luck, you're not going to come back. But if you know why you are on those foods or why we suggest those or the science behind those, uh, I think that's half of the battle. Well, I think a lot of the reason that we're able to, to be so good at managing things like diabetes is because of the structure of our practice. We generally right. have a lot of time to spend with a patient. I mean, we just spend an hour with that one gentleman talking about his diabetes and his weight because I don't do EMR. I'm not contracted with insurance companies, you know. Um, I only get patients that come here that really want to get better, and I don't work for the insurance companies. I'll work for the patient. I'll work in conjunction with your doctor, you know, the gentleman we just saw is interesting that, and because he was seeing another doctor and still will. And um, I told him that I'm not here to steal <laughs> you as a patient away from your family doc. It's not a turf battle. It's, it's what we're trying to do is work with you and help you so you can work with your own doctor, come to see us. It doesn't matter to us. We're just here to, to help you get leaner, feel better, so if you're not getting anywhere, if you're not sure what to do, then come see us. We do lab work and uh, pretty extensive lab work in a lot of cases that a lot of people don't check for the other stuff, like genetic testing and things. But but in any event, Annie, it's great to have you here. Thank and, you for uh, having me on the podcast, Dr. Rogers. <laughs> He's a comedian too. But Annie, it's great to have you here in Tennessee. Thank you. And we will treat a lot of diabetics and do a lot of good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Come visit us, Performance Medicine Johnson City, off of Wataga Avenue, off of I-26. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. That's the end of our recording. We really appreciate you guys being here. Um, Now go out, subscribe, give us a rating. Uh, We really appreciate that. It it helps us be found and it, it means a lot to us. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week.